Well, good morning. It is so good to be able to come today to uh, begin our worship time uh, with baptism. This is a fabulous moment, and, uh, and I'm so excited about being able to start our service uh, with baptism. Rainy, come stand with me. Let me get that out of the way for you. So this is Rainy Schweitzer. And uh, Rainy has been a part of our church for quite a while. Uh, both of her parents are on the worship team. And Rainy is very involved in our children's ministry and vacation Bible school and all of those kinds of things. And Rainy, more than a year ago, gave her life to Jesus. And that is an awesome thing to celebrate. And today, she is taking this step of baptism. So I'm so proud of Rainy and for what God is doing in her life. And I'll tell you. If you want to have a conversation about faith and about things of God, Rainy is the person to talk to because she is so just very clear on what she believes, on what God is doing in her life, and we're just so very proud of her. So Rainy, stand this way. Rainy, real simple question. Have you given your life to Jesus and accepted him as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Rainy, it's by your profession of faith in Christ that I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in a brand new way of living. I can't think of a better way for us to start a worship service. I am so glad that we have an opportunity to celebrate with Rainy, and we're going to celebrate today as we worship. So let's stand together, and let's worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. See you. 
just baptism and worship awesome? Oh my gosh, I was, I was pumped up from that. My name is Brad. I'm the pastoral intern here. Just want to give you a big warm welcome. We are so happy that you're here today worshiping with us. Just a few quick announcements. The first one is that check-in. Uh, if you could check in for us, you see that info on the screen behind me. We would just love to know that you're here. Just stay connected with you. Uh, see if there's any anything we could pray for you or if maybe we could we could participate in events together. I think Pastor Dan's going to mention that a little bit in the future. So if you could please uh, just text check to that number or there is a card in the, the seat right in front of you. If you could fill that out, that would be awesome. All right. Our next announcement is that choir and orchestra are restarting August 2nd. It is crazy that it's that time of year already. My goodness, summer just flew by. I said this in the first service, but I just got back from camp. When I woke up Saturday, I was immensely confused as to where I was. I was like, where am I? What's going on right now? I'm not, I'm not in a college room, but it was, um, camp was awesome. Summer's here. If you want to be a part of choir and orchestra, it starts August 2nd. That's this Wednesday. Please just email Rick about it and uh, get plugged in. Our next thing is that we have a business meeting tonight at 5. Please come be a part of that to celebrate uh, our new members that are joining the church and also to come celebrate how God's at work through our finances and how we are impacting the land and God's kingdom. Our last announcement is that Bikes and Trikes is also this Wednesday from 6 to 7.30. If you have a kid and you just want them to have a good night of riding their bike around with friends around the church, this is the opportunity. This is a lot of fun. Just get to fellowship and, and get to watch kids have some fun. So please come be a part of that. All right, that's it for our announcements. Let me pray for us and we'll continue in worship. God, thank you that you are worthy of worship. God, thank you that, that you want a relationship with us and you want us 
to draw close to you. Lord, I pray that we're focused today, that we were attentive this morning, God, that our eyes are fixed on you, and that we're ready to hear a new word from you. Amen. Amen. Psalm 100 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. God calls us to be thankful before we praise him. Let's take a moment this morning and just in the quietness of this moment, thank God for what he's done. Thank God for who he is. Would you just close your eyes, bow your heads for a moment and just tell God in your own words, thank you, God, for what you've done. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for what you've done in my life. Thank you for who you are. Let's take a moment before we continue to worship and praise God. Let's enter his gates with thanksgiving before we enter his courts with praise. Father God, we thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for loving us. God, thank you for loving us even when we don't love you back. God, thank you for seeking us out. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for all you've done today. In your name we pray. Come on, church, let's stand and sing this song of thankfulness to God.
our church. Let's sing this chorus out one more time. We sing, where would I be without you? Where would I be without your love? I'm amazed by all you've done. Oh, Jesus, where would I be? Good morning. I don't know about you, but I have had a fabulous week. Exhausting, but fabulous. I uh, had the privilege of being able to go with uh, a lot of these students to, uh, to student camp up in Cullowee, North Carolina. That's a long way from here, by the way. Uh, and we had just an awesome week, uh, being able to worship together, to, uh, to listen to God's word, um, to just simply experience God's presence. Uh, how many of you, just by show of hands, whether as a teenager or maybe as a parent or as a chaperone, how many of you have ever gotten to go to youth camp? Listen, if you have never been to youth camp, you need that experience in your life. I promise you. Um, it is such an impactful moment. Um, has been for me, and I, I was able to share with these students just some of the things that God did in my life uh, at, at student camp. And even this week, wow, what a great time of being able to get away from kind of life and being able to retreat from that a little bit. And to just simply say, Lord, what do you want for me? Now, let me, let me make a transition, though, and tell you that we have that opportunity every single time we come together. Every time we come together and we worship together, every Sunday as the body of Christ gathers, our attitude when we walk into this room should be, Lord, what do you have for me today? Right here, right now, what do you have for me? How do you want to speak to me? 
And so I hope that you walked in with that attitude and that spirit of, Lord, what do you want from me? It has been a great week. Now, I'll tell you, it's been a tiring week. I was trying to think about the last time that I went to, uh, to youth camp. I think it's been about 20 years since I've had the privilege of, uh, of going and being a part of student camp. And, uh, and so it was, it was very exhausting. Uh, I slept very late yesterday and I overslept this morning. So I am glad that we are here and that we are together. Uh, and I will tell you just, you know, we, we had a great week at camp and then, uh, we came back and yesterday morning, thank goodness we have two great interns who were a part of our mayor's backpack giveaway. We have some pictures we want to share with you. So this was a really great event that we were a part of and uh, just a community event where we had an opportunity to serve people in the community. There were tons of people down there getting free school supplies and getting ready for back to school. And so we were able to give out bottles of water. We gave out some sunglasses. We were able to uh, give out some colored pencils and some uh, Kleenex and just lots of things. But you know what we gave out the most we gave out the love of Christ we gave out the the presence of Jesus and we were able to be there in a positive way you know church if you I, I'll say this if you're looking for a boring church that never does anything you're in the wrong place because we are going to be active and we're going to continue to push forward and to be for our city and to be for our community. One of the things that we say around here is that we are for DeLand. Now, we realize that all of you don't live in DeLand. So we're for DeLand and surrounding areas. That just doesn't go well on a t-shirt, okay? So, uh, so we are for DeLand and we want to be a place that is for our community. And we're for our community for one purpose. Yes, we want to serve people, but we want to show them the love of Christ. Because too many times the church has been painted in the picture of they're against me or they don't like me. And we want to say as the body of Christ, we're for you, we like you, we love you, and Jesus gave his life for you. And so that's all that we want to do. And we, and we had an opportunity to do that over the course of this week with student camp, over the course of the weekend with our uh, mayor's backpack giveaway. And there's going to be more opportunities for us to do that as we continue to move forward. Well, this morning, we're going to continue to look at the book of Galatians. And so if you have your Bibles, you can open with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. I will tell you that when somebody mentions, if you've been around the Bible for any amount of time, when somebody mentions the book of Galatians, there are two main passages that come to mind for people who've been around the Bible. One of them is over in Galatians chapter 1 where it says, I have been crucified with Christ I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. That's a great verse. The other one is the passage that we're going to look at today, which talks about the fruit of the Spirit, where we get a chance to learn that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I would love to tell you that I memorized that on my own, but I'll tell you, I actually memorized it by a song that we sang back when I was a student at youth camp. So it kind of all comes together. There's a full circle moment there. But I remember singing that song and I learned love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruit of the Spirit. And so we're going to talk about that today. Now, I, just to kind of set that up, I will tell you that fruit is a part of tree-dumb. Uh, it is a part of being a tree, being a part of being a plant. If you have a plant that doesn't produce fruit, you are going to have a really bad plant 
And that plant is not going to live very long. And that plant is certainly not going to produce or reproduce. Fruit is a part of, the, of nature's way of saying we want to sustain this part of nature. We want to make sure that trees reproduce and that trees grow and that trees function the way that they're supposed to function. Fruit is a part of that. Even sometimes we have, see when we think about fruit, we think about apples and oranges and tangerines. And we think about those kinds of fruit. But you know, there are actually some fruit of trees that we wish there wasn't fruit. Can I introduce you to the sweet gum tree? You know those little balls, little spiky balls that fall down, and you run over them with your uh, with your um, with your lawnmower, and they're shot out all over the place. Or if you were like me when I was a kid, those little spiky balls that you run that that fall down on the ground, and you run out and you grab a whole handful of them and you throw them at your brother. That's what you do with those little sweet gum balls. Or the other fruit that we probably would like for it to not be is the, the pine fruit. We call it a pine cone. And it's that pine cone that falls down. And if you have a pine tree in your yard, you know that that's a, that's a terrible thing. We don't like pine cones. We don't like that because they're, they're spiky and they're sticky. And we pick them up and they're, oh, I just can't stand that. And we just try to throw them in the fire. And that, that, that doesn't really, that's not functionally good. So we, we, they're just around. And we have to rake them up and it's, a, it's trash. And we don't, have, we don't like to deal with that. But if you have a pine tree that doesn't produce pine cones, or if you have a sweet gum tree that doesn't produce gumballs, not really, but you know, if you have a if you have an apple tree that doesn't produce apples, if you have an orange tree that doesn't produce orange, if you have a, have a lemon tree that doesn't produce lemon, do you know what good that is? Firewood. That's pretty much all all the good all the good that that particular tree is, because eventually that tree's going to die. It's going to be worthless. In the same way, what Paul is creating here is an image that we are all trees. <laughs> That's a little odd, but we are all trees, and and, and we are intended to produce fruit. The question is not whether or not we will produce fruit. The question is what kind of fruit will we produce? Because I can tell you, if you want to find an orange tree, find a tree that has oranges on it. And you have found an orange tree. If you want to find an apple tree, find a tree that has apples on it. I can guarantee you if there's a tree and it has apples on it, you have found an apple tree. You will never find an apple tree that has oranges on it. You will never find an orange tree that has apples on it. Because the type of fruit that it produces is determined by the type of tree that it is. Or, vice versa, the type of tree that it is is the type of fruit that it will produce. And Paul is creating that image here so that we can understand it, so that we can see something in nature that we can compare to our lives. Look what he says in verse 16. He says, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you were led by the Spirit, you were not under the law. Paul is setting up the idea that In our lives, we really have two choices. We have two types of plants or two types of tree that we can be. We can either be a tree of the spirit or we can be a tree of the flesh. And there's not an in-between. There's not a maybe this or maybe that. There's not a, well, I'd like to stand in between. And on, on 
Monday through Saturday, I'd like to be a tree of the flesh. And on Sunday, when I come to church and the pastor's looking at me, I would like to be a tree of the spirit. He's saying, no, 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 no. You get to pick one side or the other and whatever type of tree you are, there's no riding the fence. There must be a decision made. These two are completely opposed to each other. If you're going to be a person of the spirit, then you're going to be a person of the spirit. If you're going to be a person of the flesh, then you're going to be a person of the flesh. You can't ride the fence. You have to make a choice. And then he gets into some examples. He says, well, just so you know, there are some works of the flesh. And when he talks about the flesh, what he means is our humanity. The place where our bodies and our minds would go with no spiritual influence. The idea that that if we were to just live our lives naturally, this is what would happen. So I thought it would be fun. We're going to go through a list that Paul uh, goes through. I thought it would be fun to uh, to just see you know where we stand in the room. And when I name one of these sins, if you struggle with it, if you'll stand up and we'll all look at you, that would be great. Okay. I'm I'm kidding. Please do not do that. That would be very embarrassing for you, and probably for me. So. I would look around and go, boy, I've got a lot of work to do. Um, Let's just look what it says in verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality. Oh, sorry, Jamie. (laughs) That just happened. Okay, I'm so sorry. (laughs) She's just slipping out. It's okay. Oh my goodness, what a moment. Oh, wow. (laughs) Y'all, I did not mean for that to happen. (laughs) Oh, I have a lot of apologizing to do later. (laughs) Oh, okay. Back to what we're talking about. Sexual immorality. Impurity. (laughs) Anybody else? (laughs) Sensuality. Idolatry. You may say, wait a minute, idolatry, I don't have an idol in my house, I'm not worshiping an idol somewhere. Um, Okay, listen, anything that we put above God as important is idolatry. Can I tell you what usually, can I, can I give you two, can I give you two hand signals that would sometimes uh, symbolize our idolatry? Two hand signals, you ready? And, right? Sometimes in our lives, we can actually fall into idolatry because we begin to put as more important our athletic team over our worship of God. Oh, it just, wait a minute. This was supposed to be easy for me. I didn't want to be a part of any of those things. This is real. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. Are we talking Gandalf here? What, what exactly is that about? Uh, sorcery, listen, sorcery is believing or thinking that we somehow have power over the natural world. And we can speak things into existence. That's sorcery. Enmity, anger, strife. Division between us, jealousy, I want something that's not mine, fits of anger where I just 
run off the handle from time to time just for no reason. Rivalries where we build up armies and we say, hey, we're going we're gonna to fight and I want to be sure that I have a bigger group than you do. Dissensions where we create uh, disunity. Divisions where we increase that, those divisions. Envy where I want something that's not mine. Drunkenness, I think you understand that. Orgies, we're not going to talk about it. And things like these. I warned you. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, let me say real quickly, um, most scholars agree that the works of the flesh, and actually even, we're going to get to it in a moment, the fruits of the Spirit might not have been an exhaustive list. But Paul was probably dealing here in this, especially in the works of the flesh, Paul was dealing with things that the Galatians were dealing with. He was just simply putting before them things that he knew that there were members of the church that they were struggling with these things. So let me just kind of put your mind at unease. You may look at that list and go, well, I don't deal with any of those, so I must be good. But I'll tell you, the thing that you do deal with could probably go on that list because what happens is when we give ourselves over to the natural way of living, when we give ourselves to the natural way of, of, of just this is what I want, this is what feels right, I'm going to do it because it feels right. It just, I, I'm not, I don't even have to think about it. I'm just going to walk the path that I want to walk. I really don't care what anybody else has to say about it. When we do that, we participate most of the time in those works of the flesh. And we go a way that is against the Lord. And we move in a way that is, that, is, that is completely separate from who he is. Don't, don't let the last verse and that last statement leave you. It says, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, we can, we can read through a list like that and we can, we can kind of have a, a few little chuckles along the way. But, ooh, it just, that last statement makes it really, really serious, doesn't it? Or, or, or wait a minute, I thought I, was just, I thought I was just making a mistake. I thought I was just doing something that I knew I shouldn't. Are you telling me that if I'm a part of those types of activities, the Bible says, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Let me just give you a, a, a real clear picture. When he says they will not inherit the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God in this case is specifically heaven and a place with God. So if you will not inherit the kingdom of God, it doesn't mean that you won't inherit anything. If you will not inherit the kingdom of God, if you will not inherit heaven, then the opposite of heaven It's a place called hell. Man, it's quiet in here. This is serious business, isn't it? When we recognize that that our lives mean something and the way we live means something and our behavior means something. I'll say that we need to be sure that we understand what 
Paul is trying to say here. He is saying that the works of the flesh come out of a heart of flesh, come out of an intention towards flesh, come out of a devotion towards flesh. And it's all about me, 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 me. I want to do what feels right. I want to live my life my way. I don't want anybody telling me right or wrong. I want to do the things that I want to do, and I don't want anybody to mess with me. That is called giving yourself over to the flesh. And when we give ourselves to our flesh, what we don't have in us is the Spirit. And if you don't have the Spirit, the only way that you don't have the Spirit is because you haven't given your life to Jesus. And the only way to get to heaven is to give your life to Jesus. And so he's not trying to talk about the behaviors. He's trying to talk about the condition of your heart. Paul here is saying, if you give yourself to yourself, then you have a destination. But if you give yourself to Jesus, there's also a destination. So heaven belongs to those who have given their life to Jesus and have received the Spirit of God. And when we receive the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there's no law. There's nothing telling us that we can't do those things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and with its desires. He says, we we must recognize that when we give our life to the Spirit, what we get, the fruit, the overflow, if you will, is love and joy and peace and patience, kindness and goodness, faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. You know, when I read that other list, I said, let's all stand up. And you were like, you know, I don't think so. I'm not into that. And then when we read this list, I mean, how many of you be like, yeah, love, that's me. Joy, oh yeah, I got a lot of that. Peace, I'm a pretty peaceful person. Patience, I need to sit back down. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You, I mean, if you, when you exemplify one of the fruits of the Spirit, you want everybody to know about it, right? Yes, that's me. Yes, I lived that out. Yes, that's who I am. You know why? Because the fruit of the Spirit is way better than the works of the flesh. You look at the list of the works of the flesh and you're like, nope, 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 nope. Don't want to be a part of any of those things. But you look at the fruit of the Spirit and you go, I love it. Yes, I want more of it. Yes, that's it. That's how it should be. That's what I want. That is the life that I want to live. I want to be that kind of person. The fruit of the Spirit describes who we all want to be. The works of the flesh really describe who none of us want to be. You may even say, well, I, I want to I live my life. Yeah, but do you want to be that? Can I answer that question for you? No. No. Do you want your, do you want your kids to describe you as a person of anger or a person of peace? I mean, think about it. Nobody, nobody goes, well, you know, I really want my kids just to know that I was angry. That's what I want them to know. No, you, you want to be known as a person of peace. 
of goodness, of gentleness. The fruit of the Spirit describes who we want to and need to be. But I'll tell you, when I look at the fruit of the Spirit, I look at some areas, just being transparent here, I look at some of those areas and I think, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well there. But honestly, if you're like me, you look at some of that list and say, ooh, I've got some work to do. Who I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'm, whew, sometimes I, little, I struggle a little bit with my self-control. Don't believe me? Watch me in front of the pantry at about 1130 at night. Right? Oh, my, my, my peace. I, I could be a little more peaceful. I could be more gentle in the way that I speak, in the way that I treat people. I got to be honest, I look at those and I say, I don't know that I'm perfect. As a matter of fact, I pretty much know that I'm not on the fruit of the Spirit. So what do we do? So what do we do about this? I, I want to just give you a few thoughts about how we can be more productive in the fruit of the Spirit. All right? We're all trees. I think we all know what we want to be. How can we actually live this out? Okay, number one, it's not a matter of doing, it's a matter of producing. It's not a matter of doing, it's a matter of producing. This is really important that you understand. I need, I, I'm going to be more peaceful. No, the spirit inside of you is going to produce more peace. Uh, I, I need to be more faithful. The spirit inside of you is going to produce more faith. I need to be kinder. The, the spirit inside of you is going to produce kindness. It's not a matter of doing. It's a matter of producing. Production comes from preparation. Production comes from preparation. Another way to say that, I said this about a year ago to our Deland High School football team, is that production comes from practice. When a, when a football team takes the field for the first game of the year, they know from moment one, they know what they can produce. Why? Because they prepared. You and I both know, we're getting into football season, you and I both know that a team does not win or lose based on what happens on the field. A team wins or loses based on what happened on the practice field. A team wins or loses based on what happened in the weight room. A team wins or loses based on what happens in the film room. Preparation, I mean, production comes from preparation. It's all about how we have prepared. And then the preparation is uh, about what we're filled with. How are we allowing our life to be filled? How are we filling our lives so that our fruit is an overflow of what's inside. Let me, go, let me go through it again. It's not a matter of doing. It's a matter of producing. Production comes from preparation or from practice. Preparation is about 
what, what is inside of us. And our fruit is an overflow of what's inside. Let me say it this way. Want to know what kind of a tree you are? Look at what kind of fruit you produce. Want to know what's inside? Look at what flows on the outside. Paul ends with this verse. He says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let me offer to you that when we look at the fruit of the Spirit and when we see an area of weakness, man, I'm really, I can be kind of unkind. I can be a little unkind. Rather than praying, Lord, make me kinder. Rather than just saying, Lord, I, I need to be kinder. How about this? Lord, fill my heart with your spirit. And let the overflow of your spirit show kindness. Now, I realize that might, that might end in the same place, but the source is different. We don't pray, I just need to be more loving. No, we pray, I need to have more of the Spirit of God in me. I need to be more faithful. No, I need to have more of the Spirit of God in me. I need to be more gentle. No, I need to have more of the Spirit of God in me. And as we are filled and filled and filled and filled and filled with the Spirit of God, the overflow of our lives, the fruit of our lives will be love and joy, peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Let's live a life that we are so filled with the Spirit of God that the overflow of our lives is that people get to see the fruit of the Spirit so we can live the life that God has called us to live. It's not about you doing better. It's about you releasing more and more and more of your life to the Spirit of God and saying, I just want more of you, Jesus. I want more of you, Holy Spirit. I want more of you, Lord. And as he fills our lives, what will spill out will be love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. It's the way that we need to live. Let us be filled with his spirit so that we might produce more of his fruit. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for the reality in our lives that what we need is more of you. Thank you for the truth that what we desire is sometimes to, to, to do better, but what you're calling us is not just to do better, but you're calling us to be better inside. 
Father, I pray that you would allow us to, to maybe shift our focus from our actions to our character, to our heart. Don't let us get so stuck on the things that we do that we forget about who you've called us to be. Let us live the way you want us to live. We desire to produce lives that are fruitful for you. And we desire to be the people that can produce fruit that shows people who you are. So God, I just thank you. I thank you for the privilege of just reading your word and spending time in it for the life change that it brings to us. Let us live a life that is led by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This morning as we conclude our time together, I, I just think it would be a great prayer for us in this moment together to simply say, Lord, fill me. Fill me to the top. Fill me to overflowing with your spirit and let the fruit of the spirit characterize my life. Would you take a minute as we sing this song, this closing song, as a time of prayer, a time of consecration, a time of commitment. Would you just take a moment say, Lord, I need more of you. I just need more of you. And allow him to use this time to commit our way to him. Let's stand together and let's worship the Lord and let's see him work in our lives.